Welcome back to Officially Unofficial. I'm your host, the former face of junior college baseball, the fall American, Johnny Junta, and we're here with a special guest, man. He is former Fresno State Bulldog, 2019 Mountain West Pitcher of the Year, 2019 Mountain West First Team All-Conference, 2019 Chicago Cubs First Round Draft Selection and Flamethrower. 103 on the gun. What about you? Is that good? It is our boy, Ryan Jensen. What is up, Ryan? What's up? How's it going, man? Thanks for having me. Good, man. Thank you for doing this. Like I said, it, it helps out to grow the brand if we have first-rounders on the podcast. And the <laughs> doesn't dent it. Yeah, just trying to help you out, man. And I want, I want to bring this up. I want to start off with a little bit of uh, get you going a little bit here. I want to, I'm going to read your stats. I believe it was at Fresno State, like I said, first team all conference. Is that good? Mm-hmm. I don't know if you tell me, pitcher of the year. Is that good? I don't know. You tell me. I believe, and let me read this correctly. You were 12 and one with a 2.88 ERA, making hitters look like rookie ballers in, <laughs> in, in the batter's box. Talk about that. Talk about that year last year, because like I said, I'm boys with Bryson Stott. And yeah. that's all we would talk about is how much of a dog this guy is on the mountain, how scary <laughs> he was. He wouldn't say it, but I'd say it. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude. So, I mean, first start was just like an average start. And then next start, I lost. That was it was an un, uh, no decision because we blew it in like the eighth or ninth, I think. And then after that, uh, we went to Tennessee. And then I had my first loss. And then after that, I just – just went 12 and 0 and everything was just going and I was just locked in. I was like, there's no one stopping me. It was just like, I just felt untouchable on the mound. So was last year, the kind of year where it was like, I am disgusting at the game of baseball. Like I'm going to be a first rounder. It's over for everyone. Like I'm going to get two mil in the bank account. Was that the year when you were like, this is when it's going to happen? I mean, I didn't think that in the fall. I was like, all right, whatever. I'm just going to try and just do whatever I can just to get drafted this year. You know, hopefully middle rounds, you know. But then after, like, I started going off, I was like, oh, I'm I am that man. Like, it's, go- it's going it's going down this year. Yeah, and coming from a guy that was not that good at baseball, 186 and Juco, whatever, not a big deal. We don't care about stuff. <laughs> um, when you're kind of in that mode, like you were in last, like last year, 12 and one, like what is going mm-hmm. through your head before a start? Like, are you just like, I just, I better carve here. I'm going to just get roasted on Twitter or be called a bust or anything like that. Like, like when you're pitching so good in the mountain West and you're going into a start in the mountain West. Mm-hmm. What kind of, what kind of, what's kind of running through your head and going through that preparation? Uh, I mean, I just treated every game. Like it was just a normal game. I couldn't really get myself too psyched out. You know, I just, cause I try to just, pitch as calm as possible on the mound unless like you know we're in a big situation and that's when i'll really show emotion but other than that i just try to go out there and do what i could you know what i know how i know how to do no for sure and the thing that's cool about fresno state is it's in california it's in california i believe right which is where you're from so is that why is that why you chose there because a guy like you just throws gas and out of high school, you're throwing gas. I feel like there's 12 of you in every, every California high school. I don't know though. I'm not from college, so I have no idea, but what went into your decision to kind of go to Fresno state and kind of say to Aaron judge, like, this is my school now. Like, is that what kind of went into it? Uh, no, I mean, I wasn't, uh, heavily recruited out of high school. I was like 88, 90 in high school. So I wasn't like absurdly like, Oh, this kid's like legit, you know. I had three offers: one to uh, Utah, Fresno, and then um, University of Portland, and a walk-on spot at Oregon. And Fresno just gave me the uh, biggest scholarship, and it's 
only like two and a half hours from home and it was a better baseball program than the other school so i was like you know what let's do it I, that's a great i mean that's a great answer because living in california you're living the dream i mean you got beaches everywhere you got above <laughs> average looking females rolling through fresno state you got ucla so when, when you go to fresno state mm-hmm. what kind like and, and you got drafted out of Fresno State. Did Aaron Judge, like, reach out to you, or did he even talk to you about getting drafted in the first round? Uh, no, but after I did get drafted, our head coach gave me his number, and I, like, texted him a little bit, and he just gave me some pointers, so that was pretty cool. But he oh, stops he around. He didn't he congratulate you. He, I mean, he didn't congratulate you on the first-round selection, Aaron Judge. So nah. we'll, we'll just congratulate you for him with the podcast here. I mean, so what was Aaron Judge like? Like, what, what kind of footprint did he leave back in Fresno State? Like, did it, like... What, what, is he just an urban legend there? Like people talking about bombs he hit and just like houses he hit with home runs and stuff. Uh, yeah, Bates, our head coach would always talk about him and be like, "Yeah, he's the best player ever." <laughs> the best player ever. That's it. Not to be biased, yeah. he's the best player ever. <laughs> yeah. When, <laughs> when you're at Fresno State, though, it's just like because obviously it's in a little bit of a conference that's like not nationally known. It's not like considered a Power Five. When you yeah, guys definitely. would face Power 5 schools, what was that like for you? Were you just carving Power 5 schools also? Dude, I mean, I went to uh, – when we went to Tennessee the third week, my first loss, it was, like, 40 degrees and, like, raining, and I was throwing, like, 90 and just got ripped. I, got, I, I, think, <laughs> I, gave up, I think I gave up, like, eight, dude, and probably, like, two innings I had an error. It was just bad all around. It's not a good start. <laughs> But then when we played Oregon, uh, I shoved against them. I think I only gave up one run. And then, um, I mean, we normally don't play a lot of power five schools. We stay in, like, the pack a lot. That's who we normally play. But we uh, this year they played uh, – they were supposed to play Mississippi – or not Mississippi, uh, Oklahoma State. So they were pl- supposed to play a lot of big schools this year. There it is. And, and the cool thing about – you is like seeing how good you are now imagine how stupid some of the schools are that like didn't recruit you like imagine how dumb some of the guys are like i passed on ryan jensen and now rob manford is saying on tv (laughs) with the first round 27th overall pick chicago cubs so like ryan jensen like do you feel like there's a little bit of regret going on with some of the sec schools saying like damn man i kind of screwed up here with this guy i had one coach uh come up to me after we played uh Cal Poly, because I wanted to go to Cal Poly. That was my dream school. I'm not going to say the coach, but uh, that was my dream school, and the pitching coach left there, and that was my boy, which one, that was the one that was recruiting me. And he left, and then I just never got offered by them. And then I think it was last year we were playing at – they were playing us at our place, I think. Yeah. And we were we just, like, roll over them all the time, you know, like nothing. And uh, the coach came up, came up to me after the game. And was like, so are you really throwing 100? And I was like, yeah, I am. <laughs> he was like, he's like, he's like, man, I wish I would have known that when you're when you're in high school. I was like, it's too bad, <laughs> too bad, man. You didn't take a too risk. Too bad. Like, you missed out. I, tried to, I, I came to all your camps. You know, you guys missed out. <laughs> It just, you suck. And like that guy, and I want to put on the record the guy who didn't recruit you, the guys who didn't recruit you should lose their jobs. <laughs> they should be working out a D3 Juco right now, grinding for guys that throw low 80 because they didn't <laughs> recruit Ryan Jensen. And I wanted to talk about the Mountain West because we're, I'm boys with Bryson Stott, one of my best friends. Yeah. What, what was he like 
like what is his what is he lifetime against you? Like, let's get it going here. Talk about what Bryson's thought is lifetime against Ryan Jensen. Because I know Ooh. you struck him out once, I believe. Oh yeah. So uh I got him last year. I, I had him last year. But sophomore he yeah, sophomore year, he got me. They all got me sophomore year. Uh <laughs> But yeah, uh, he's he's for sure one of the toughest hitters to face, just because he knows what pitch he wants. You know, like his he knows uh, his plate awareness is really good. And, um, I think he has a couple hits off me, but I got a couple strikeouts on him, so I think we're pretty even. But you know, it's always us. I feel like battling in the Mountain West. I feel like those are the two guys that like put the the Mountain West like on the map. It was like you and Bryson Stahl. Like that's who everyone was talking about. All the draft boards talking about you and Bryson. And I feel like watching you two go up against each other in the Mountain West was just like must watch TV. ESPN ate the Ocho should have broadcast it <laughs> because it was. Just, I know you have to see that stuff. And it's like, w- would you call the Mountain West like an underrated conference? Because there is a lot of guys that came out of there that are pretty good. Like I said, Aaron Judge, right? Yeah, Mountain West is for sure one of the most underrated conferences there is. I think you can't really have Power 5 schools in baseball because baseball can – any team can win at any given point, you know? Like, yeah. let's – like, Nevada beat Oregon State this year or last year, you know? Like, teams will beat Pac, uh, Pac-12 SEC schools, you know? It's not like we, – we can compete with all those teams. We beat, uh, ruined Tennessee's undefeated streak when, we were, when they were hot, Yeah, you know? No, for sure. I mean, it, it's true. I, the Power Five makes sense with football when you got like five-star Alabama recruits that yeah. look like forty-year-old men, just embarrassing, just random schools like Drake <laughs> University or something like that. Yeah. But with baseball, it's a little bit different. And there's one team I actually wanted to talk about. I was going to tweet about it in baseball. They're actually called St. Peter's. Have you heard of this school before? Mm-hmm. This school, I, it just doesn't make sense to me because I wanted to bring it up with you. That's a guy that played D1. They've won uh-huh. seven games in the last seven years. And I, I like, I just want to bring that up. Like, how is that humanly possible as a Division One school <laughs> I I to, to win that. seven think... games in seven years? Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure, you know. I have it, no idea. It's, I have uh, no what idea I want to do is I want to be the recruiting coordinator for that school. I, if you I think you should go in there and take over the program. Yeah. I should have. What I should do is, I like I said, I have two years of eligibility left. Um, <laughs> they would be lucky to have me because I quit off the Juco. I haven't played in about four years. They'd be lucky to have me at St. Peter's. So St. Peter's, give me a ring. But that's besides the fact. What I wanted to bring up is is I asked this to Tyler Glass now when we had him on. Not a big mm-hmm. deal, whatever. Ever heard of him? But Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like... I wanted to bring up growing up in California. What were you like as a Cali kid? Like, were you the kid that was longboarding down uh, Rodeo <laughs> Drive or whatever it's called? No. Did you have, I don't did live you have down that puka shell? Did you no. have that bracelet with the, with the oysters did. on it? I did have some puka <laughs> shells in middle school. I did have some puka shells in middle school. I'm not going to lie. So what were you like growing up, man? What, were, what, what, was, the, what was Ryan Jensen like as, as a child? Uh, I mean, I was just always outdoors, just like riding mountain bikes, going fishing, going to the beach, just doing as much as possible to stay outside. You know, I was never really an indoor kid. I didn't play a lot of uh, video games growing up. I was always doing sports and just hanging out with my friends, just getting outside, enjoying the Cali weather, you know? <laughs> what a description there. To just a Canadian guy like me, it's just you're just rubbing it in the face. Like, yeah, I just grew up on beaches. Uh <laughs> Yeah, spring break, I'd go down to the beach, just hang out with some university girls. Like that, that's what a Cali kid's like, in my opinion. A Cali kid, in my mind, is a kid that's like 14 year olds, 14 years old, wheeling college girls, like talking to college girls. <laughs> that's what I picture Cali kids like in my mind. Oh, yeah, it happens. 
<laughs> and, and and talk about the off-field stuff at Fresno State. Is Fresno State considered like a party school in California, or is it like low-key? Uh, when the parties are happening, they're lit, you know, because they get going, they get bumping. But there's not a lot of uh, parties out there. The frats don't really let us athletes in. You know, they don't want us to steal our girls, but it is what it is. I like the thing is, if I was a frat boy, I would be deathly scared of Ryan Jensen if I went to Fresno State. I'd be like, I would tell my girlfriend, you better never show up. You ever, you, you better be 50 feet away from Ryan Jensen if he's at a frat party because this guy is, this guy's sneaking. He's going to go to the show. How many, what was your, like, what was your Twitter like the day you got drafted, the Instagram? Like, were you just getting flooded with messages and all that kind of stuff? Uh, I didn't have a Twitter until I got drafted. Um, but yeah, I, I, th- I got like 500 followers. Uh, and then I wish I would have got more, but it is what it is. But I got a bunch of DMs and stuff, and like I think I had like 200 text messages. It was crazy, and just like people coming out of cuts, like I've never talked to before. Like, hey man, like give me a follow back. Come on, I'm like, dude, what? I haven't talked to you in years. We were never friends in high school, and now you want me to follow you back, dude? That's where a lot of the people come out of the woodwork. You see it all the time. You yeah, go first round. And just like Susie from grade 10 science class is hitting you up saying, remember me? Like, give me a follow back. Like, you're so yeah. famous now. Like, let's go on a date. I feel like that's what happened. Yeah, it happens. I've had it happen to me a couple times. Yeah, and, and, and you get drafted, like I said, first round by the Chicago Cubs, whatever, not a big deal. They won the World Series a couple years ago. What was your draft day like? What was your draft party like? Because I was at Bryson Stotts, and I stayed oh, sober for him. Yeah, I stayed solo for him because I'm a good guy. I didn't have a drink fantastic. until after he got drafted. Just a good guy. And then I skull crushed the beer and immediately embarrassed myself at the draft party. But what was your draft day like? I mean, we were playing in Stanford. We were playing in Stanford in the regional. So uh, I was at the field. I was just watching the draft all day on my phone during BP and stuff. But Bates doesn't know about that. I mean, <laughs> he would probably be like, dude, are you serious? You're doing that if you heard that? I was like, I'm just like, yeah, sorry. But, uh, I was just watching the draft on my phone all day, and then my dad came up earlier that day to talk with my uh, advisor and everything, like draft numbers and stuff, like slots and everything, and then I was just at the field all day, and then we had uh, the national anthem, and text started to heat up a little bit. I was like, all right, what's going on? Like, you guys are texting, because I was in a group message with uh, my dad and my advisor, and I was like, what's going on? They're like, don't worry about it. We got it. I was like, all right, I had to go to, uh, gotta go out to the line for the national anthem right now. And then I come back in, and then I saw the text that I got drafted by the Cubs, and then uh, just celebrated with my team, and then just with my coaches and uh, family. So it was pretty cool to be on the field uh, with my teammates. I feel like if I get drafted first round and I'm still playing like in a college regional, I would be the biggest D bag of all time. Like I'd just be, I'd be like, I would maybe like we had Hager, Jake Hager. He he, Jake Hager when he got drafted the first round, he got a license plate that said one round eleven, first round no twenty eleven on his car. Yeah, it's no a legendary story. Way. It's a legendary is, story. That's but pretty I, legendary. It is. It's legendary, but it's like, dude, what are you doing? At the same yeah. time, it's like a little bit of both. But the, the cool yeah. thing about that is, is, like, when you go first round, you're still playing against college kids. Like these yeah. kids, these kids are looking at you like, why is this guy here? Like he's going. He, he should be right now. He should be celebrating and celebrating that he got drafted. Was it hard for you to kind of not like experience that with your whole family and all your friends? Yeah, definitely. I wish I could have experienced it with my family and friends. You know, rage a little bit with them, but uh, being able to celebrate with my. Uh, teammates was cool because they saw me put in all the work you know and then uh 
all the sweat I put in, all the work, you know, just getting to that point. So I think they could appreciate it a little more than my friends could because they saw what I did to get to that point, you know. No, for sure. When you and when you sign, not a big deal. It's, it's public information, like I always say. Two million dollars in the bank account <laughs> for Ryan Jensen, little Cali kid who he can buy unlimited hookah shells now with two mil. Um, yeah. When you signed for that two mil, what was kind of running through your head, like? Because you were like a week ago, you were a college kid, like <laughs> yeah. barely struggling to have peanut butter and jam, and now yeah. you're just you got two mil in the bank account. Like, how weird was that for you? Yeah, it was crazy. I was like, because I, I had to go down to Arizona and sign my contract. And I, had to, I got my physical on Friday. And then I think I had to wait like a couple of days. And I, it was the longest like two days of my life. I was like, dude, come on. I just want to sign this. Like, let's go. And I was like, once I signed, I was like, holy crap. I have money now that I can spend. Dude, it's crazy. And what was the dumbest thing you purchased? Because your boy Cole Franklin bought a Gucci tracksuit and flew to California to buy the Gucci tracksuit in one day, which is bananas. Like, what was the yeah, dumbest thing you Yeah, that kid's something else. That kid's <laughs> something else. Um, probably a Balenciaga sweatshirt or a, a like a, I have a Louis backpack too. <laughs> you and bought a Balenciaga sweatshirt. Yeah, so uh, I went to uh, the mall up in San Jose, and I walked in the store. First, I bought a pair of Balenciaga shoes, and then I walked out, and then walked around the store a little more. And then I was like, mm, that sweatshirt's kind of dope. I'm going to go back and buy it. And I walked back and bought another and bought the Balenciaga sweatshirt. So you were just dripped out in Balenciaga. You kind of probably looked like Scott Disick or some shit from the Kardashians. <laughs> yeah. You were just dredged out and... Balenciaga and all that kind of stuff. And I, and so how difficult is it, do you think, for a guy that just gets out of college to just think, like, this money's not going to last forever. Like, I better be cautious with this shit. Like, it's difficult, man. Like, I would be gambling my brains out. I'd go to the casino, go to the high rollers table, and just put 20 grand on a spin. I really would. Yeah, I haven't done anything like that. I haven't played a $500 hand, but nothing like that. <laughs> nothing crazy. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, it, it's pretty hard because, like, you're like, oh. I know I can buy that, but I don't need it, you know? And I got my dad, like, in my ear, Brian, be smart with your money, so he helps me out a lot. Well, well, when was the first time you hit 100 miles an hour? Because Nate Pearson told us he hit 100, and he was like, he had no idea. Did you have, like, a clue when you hit 100 miles an hour? Uh, no, I didn't. I was, we were at San Jose State, and I was, because our scoreboard's off. At Fre or, no, we were at Fresno playing against San Jose State, and our scoreboard is, like, fluctuates a lot at Fresno. And, uh, uh, so I was just throwing and like, I look at the board every time I pitch. So I'm like, how hard was that pitch? I like to see, I don't care. I don't care what anyone says. Our, co our coach used to get mad at me all the time. He was like, does your neck hurt from looking back at the velo so much? I'm like, no, dude, I just, I throw hard. What do you want me to do? It's sick. Um, but no, I didn't know it. And then our coach was like, yeah, you hit a hundred. I was like, nah, no way. When you hit 100 miles an hour, like, it's cool getting drafted. It's cool doing all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But, like, hitting miles an hour, like, 100, like, puts you in some sort of club in the universe that not, like, maybe 1% of the universe can throw 100 miles an hour. Like, take that in. Like, you're a part of the 1% of people on this planet that hit 100 miles an hour with their arm, which is insane. Yeah. So, when you hit 100, what was it like after that? Like, were you always just looking back at scoreboard? Like, I want to hit 101. I want to hit 102 now. <laughs> No, not really. I mean, all my teammates, they'd call me 99 because I could never hit 100. And then once I hit 100, they started calling me 100 miles an hour. So I think they just expected it. But 
it wasn't too bad. I mean, I just uh, went out there and just tried to sit my normal velo, never tried to overthrow. But, I mean, I hit 101 against uh, Nevada, and I was like, that didn't. I didn't feel like I was throwing hard that day. So I guess it just depends on how the day is going. Okay. No, it's like that's – I mean, even hitting 101 is just insane. Do yeah. you kind of feel the strain on your arm when you throw 101? Because, I like, like no, I said, I throw 75, and I feel like my arm's going to fall off. <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. Like, when I hit 101, I was like no, – I was like, that didn't even feel right. Like, I just felt like I was just throwing normal, you know? It felt, like, wow. effortless. Yeah. Wow, and I wanted to get some uh, little off-the-field antics going on here, a little bit of science going on here. Does the ball travel in California? Like, what's the metrics behind that, if metrics is even the appropriate word? You know, I think it all depends on the air density. The... <laughs> That's <laughs> no, the personal man. state education, man. That's yeah. the personal state education. I was just wondering, like, if, if there's a couple balls that were hit off you in Fresno State that you're like, if this is somewhere else, this ball is not even going close to going out. Oh, I've given up some nukes at to our teammates for sure. I had a uh, I gave one of the farthest balls ever, I think, to one of my uh, teammates, McCarthy Tatum. He got drafted by the Nationals, I think, the last year, <laughs> and I threw like a, a curveball that backed up, and we have speakers in left center, like halfway up the light tower, and he just freaking hit one off the light tower. I was like, I'm done. I'm done for the day. <laughs> That's the greatest flex, like hitting a bomb off of your ace. Like just like yeah. in in BP hitting a bomb off your ace. Like that's like pretty much saying like I get bragging rights on you forever. You can strike me out whenever you want, but I hit the light tower off you. Like that's the biggest flex of all time. Yeah, I couldn't tell you how bad those guys wanted to get hits off me. <laughs> I I would too, to be honest. Kind of alpha myself in the locker room. And, yeah, there's so the much thing- shit talking. Oh, dude, that's that's what I miss. That's the biggest thing I probably miss about, like, playing college baseball or just playing baseball at all. Like I said, I wasn't good. I was a locker room guy. Like, I was the gel guy that kept everyone mm-hmm. together. But I miss roasting the teammates. Like, I miss just going <laughs> yeah. off on people and stuff like that. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. And is, it the, is that the same in minor league baseball? Like, or is it a little uh, bit different? Oh, 100%. It never stops. <laughs> so, so yeah, we, last year was your first year in minor league baseball, in the minors. What was that experience like for you? Because I always ask the first rounders. Like, you get drafted first round, you get the big ca- the big wad of cash in your bank account, and then you start off at the bottom of the totem pole in the minor league. Like, you're 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 literally on the worst bus rides, eating the shittiest meals. What was that like for your first year in the minors? Uh, I mean, it wasn't too bad because the Cubs treat us really good. Like the pregame meals and postgame meals are pretty solid. And then the only thing that sucks is the bus rides. Obviously, I mean. Like, we had the eight-hour bus ride or whatever, nine-hour bus ride to Boise, Idaho, which was awful, dude. I had to start that day. We woke up at, like, five in the morning, and the nine-hour bus ride on the start that day was awful. But, I mean, it's good other than that, you know. All the guys are like, oh, he's a first-rounder. Like, they'll get on me. Okay, first round. I'm like, whatever, dude. Just relax. <laughs> like, Cole would always just- give me stuff, like – Oh, can't hide money. I'm like, dude, what are you saying? Like, you have the same stuff I have. Dude, Cole's a second rounder. He's, ta- he's not like a senior signed 15th That's what rounder. I'm saying. Talk, it's dude. not like he didn't sign for freaking five grand. The guy signed for a good amount of money. <laughs> and he has his dad as his agent, so he gets 100% of the signing bonus. That's what like, I'm he, saying. He probably ended up getting more than you. Yeah, probably. He probably ended up getting more than you, man. 
when you sign mm-hmm. for that much, and I don't know if there's tax, there's ta- state tax in California. Is there? Do you does that yeah. come off your signing bonus? Yeah, it does. I got waxed pretty bad. So Schwartz in California is just rolling in Ryan Jensen's money right now, isn't he? Uh, I don't even think he's the governor anymore. <laughs> I have no idea, man. Like I said, I have <laughs> no, no damn not. idea. <laughs> no, he's not. I know he's not. Uh, but yeah, he's probably just rolling and hard I- now when he was governor. <laughs> a lot of a lot of draft picks out of there, and and what were the guys? Because you said your your high school like we, I said your high school class was pretty good. What were some of the guys you faced in high school that are just now like freaks, like in the minor leagues that are just absolutely just embarrassing people? Ooh, when I was in high school, yeah, like the hot like the, your class, your your uh, graduating. Class. Um, well, I played an area code game, so I played it against, against like. Moniac, uh, Rutherford, Hunter Green. Um, I I was on the team with uh, Hunter Bishop, uh, Matt Manning. So a bunch of just like I played against a bunch of studs. You know, I was that I did not belong there. I'll tell you that I was not did not belong at the area code game. I was out of my league. Those those kids were always throwing like ninety five, and I was getting ripped. Well, so what was the stat line like for you with the area area code games? Because the guys that go there are freaks. Like the guys, yeah. that, the hitters there are just disgusting at the game of baseball. So what was your, like, guy throwing 88 to 90, kind of <laughs> a little bit different than the other guys? What was what was your stat line? Uh, so I think – so I went one inning the first, ga- first game I pitched, and I think I just had, like, one strikeout and then a ground ball and then a couple walks, like three walks, I think. I was walking the yard, dude. It was bad. <laughs> and then uh, I gave some – and then my next outing, I had some more hits and then some more walks. It was just not good. No, that was the most scouts I've ever seen in one place. I was like, holy crap, dude. I feel like that's, like, nerve-wracking. Like, just seeing that, like, obviously some of the guy, like, some of the guys can kind of cancel it out, but some guys can't. Like, when you're on the mount, and it's obviously hard to cancel out because you're looking at the catcher, and behind yeah. the catcher there's a sea of scouts. Is that yeah. hard for you to kind of cancel out, like, even when you went to the college level? I mean, not – so much when I went to the college level, it was more. It was easier when I went to the college level because I was like, whatever, I'm here. If I don't get drafted, it is what it is. But when I was in high school, um, I didn't have any offers yet, or I wasn't committed yet. When I was at Area Code Games, and there was probably like 300 scouts there, and seeing all those guns go up, I'm like, I can tell you how hard it is. It's probably 89, 90. You know, you don't need to <laughs> you need to put your gun up, but it's for sure nerve wracking. Especially like is, an 18-year-old guy, you know? It is. It, it's, it is at the age of 18. Because I remember, I don't know if you played in this tournament, the Arizona Fall Classic in Arizona where I, there's like a ton of scouts, right? I did play in it one year. I played uh, with – or I played twice. I played in the Fall Classic with Trotsky Baseball. I don't know if you've heard of them or not. No, I have no idea. But I, I played in it with the Ontario Nationals, my travel mm-hmm. team growing up, and I – literally embarrassed the hell out of myself first of all <laughs> I, I was i was running to first base i get a single in front of a ton of scouts i don't know who this this guy i'm facing is now and if you're listening the guy that i was facing i don't know if you know it was me i put you in my back pocket in the arizona fall closet a little single up the middle whatever and i'm running out the box and i'm so fired up i literally just i don't know if i sprained my ankle or something i just slipped 
and just obviously no just send my ankle send my ankle to the moon in front of these scouts. <laughs> Barely get to first. It should have been just a double. The <laughs> and then I didn't play the rest of the area code game. I didn't. I didn't play the rest of the Arizona Fall Classic because I yeah. was hurt. So I was on the Damn, bench. They had tons of money to travel from Toronto to Arizona, yeah. and I'm on the bench. One for one though. A, a thousand lifetime average there. Whatever. That's a hey, a thousand. That's all that matters. Exactly. And I was like, and after that hit, I was like, damn, like I'm gonna get like 50 offers after this. Like, I had no <laughs> idea how it worked. Like I got I'm, the best. I'm the best I'm player like, ever. Dude, I'm like, dude, if none of these coaches are calling me, they're idiots. And little did I know, not <laughs> one offer out of that tournament. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, dude. When I was in that uh, fall classic, I was playing for Team Chandler, and ASU came and watched me because one of my friends was already committed there, and his dad was like knew the coach and everything and was trying to get me recruited there. So they came to watch me pitch. And I absolutely got shelled. <laughs> it was awful, dude. And then after that, the funny thing is I was getting recruited for freaking pitching by all colleges. And then after that, I hit like ended up hitting like 500 in the tournament. I don't know. That was like the best I've ever hit in my life with a wood bat. And then couldn't put it together in high school season. So that's why I'm a pitcher now. Do you think you could swing it a little bit? Because the Cubs are in the NL. You're going to be a guy that's a little starter, maybe a closer. I don't know yet. We'll figure it out in this podcast. Do you think you could compete in the batter's box right now in the minors? Oh, yeah. I think I could get in the box and throw up some hacks for sure, maybe get a couple knocks. You know, I'm swinging for the fences. I'm not going to swing for contact. That's soft. <laughs> and coaches if I, hate if that I too. don't get the bun sign, if I don't get the bun sign, I'm swinging for the fence. Dude, that's the coach's worst nightmare. First of all, you got a first rounder stepping up in the batter's box and swinging out of his ass yeah. to potentially get injured trying to swing for bomb. It's just the worst nightmare. It's the worst nightmare for, for coaches yeah. and scouting directors. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to want that. They're probably going to have, once they see my stance, they're like, yeah, no, we're changing that. <laughs> we got to make it a little more open. And if you need yeah. the hitting tips, man, because you could probably what the stats that you'll probably put up in the batter's box as a pitcher would probably be similar to what I did in JUCO, which is impressive in the minor league as a pitcher. I think one eighty. I don't even know if I can, That's you tough. I don't think I can. Nah, I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> you don't think you could? You get eighteen hits out of hundred at bats, man. I don't know about that. I think you could. I think that'd Dude, be easy. I, if I face ninety-five with movement, I'm out of the box. You know, if he's coming in on my hands. I can't get that. What's your favorite thing to do on the mound? Like, what's like the what's your st- signature move? Like, are, do you enjoy like buckling a guy with a slider, or is it just like the 100 mile an hour high heat embarrassing a guy? Is that is that the one? Yeah, I just like blowing it by him. <laughs> That's the greatest thing ever, dude. And like I said, I was a recipient of a lot of the blowing by <laughs> fastball. So I like I so said, you know I'm probably. <laughs> I, I it's it's my worst nightmare. I'd rather get buckled by a curveball and a slider than than just have a hundred already in the catcher's glove and I'm starting to my swing up. So yeah, that's what I'm what, saying. Have you are you cock like not not are you cocky on the mound? But like, is there a little bit of you that when you blow a fastball by a guy, you're like looking at him like I own that ass. Like I'm your, yeah, I'm, I, I'm your I, dad. I do do that. I do do that sometimes. I I would like give him a little stare. I'm like, yeah, I just blew that right by you. <laughs> Has a hitter ever like? complimented you or like tipped their cap in the minor leagues like when you blow 100 past the guy and he looks at you and be like all right man yeah you want my girlfriend too you just you just <laughs> embarrass me anything else any anything else you want oh no no that's never happened but i uh one kid from uh unlv i threw him a two seam and he just like popped out or something he was like you're nasty i was like thanks dude 
<laughs> That's the greatest compliment ever, man. I know. I was like, oh, dude, it was like, it was literally in the in uh in the middle of the inning. He was rounding second base because he popped out to like uh, like outfield or something. So he just coming in and ran right by me. He was like, "You're nasty." I was like, "Dude, thanks." <laughs> and then that, that next day, B, maybe he was just trying to kind of get you going a little bit and just get let you uh, give him something the next day, B. Yeah, like, just this guy's a something. nice kid. Here's a here's a fastball down the middle just take it take it for you and you said yeah. you said a guy on on fresno hit a ball off off you off the light post oh yeah what's the furthest bomb that you've given up because the faster you throw the further the ball is going to go like in your minor league career have you given up a bomb where the scouting director is looking at the gm saying what <laughs> in the hell was that man that can't be no. Happening. no i didn't i didn't give up any home runs in a minor league ball but i gave up two last year to the same exact guy from Nevada at their place. And I mean, one was a like fucking oh one was an ass out uh oppa home run. And I was like, dude, are you serious? Like, come on. <laughs> and then the other one was just like I think it was a first pitch it was in the playoff game, first inning, first pitch, or not first pitch, second or third batter, first pitch to him, and he just took it deep. I was like, whatever. But then after that, it was just like game over. But the farthest ball to my teammate, for sure. That was the farthest ball I've ever given up. That was a bomb. Because it's like 375 to left center. And the light tower is probably like 50 feet up. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. That, that is insane that that even happened. And t- speaking about light towers, man, I grew like I grew up playing against Josh Naylor on the Padres. I don't know if you know. Do you know who Josh Obviously, you kind of know who Josh Naylor is on the yeah. Padres, right? Yeah. So when he was like 15, we're playing at this like little, I think it was a tournament and he was Mm -hmm. 15 years old. This guy hits a ball and it's like 320 to left. And there's like a light post. That's like a hundred feet in the air. Like this thing is so high. (laughs) He hits a ball off of this light post and it just shatters all over the outfield. The light post. This guy's guy's 15 years old, dude. And he's playing for team Canada, junior national team, like with 19 year olds. And he's 15. And that's when I realized, like, maybe all those times the child I threw pennies in the wishing well wanting to be a major league player, maybe that was a waste of my money. Because I know for a fact that that guy's big league, <laughs> and I'm not big league. Dude, yeah, there's some guys out there that, that are just absolute freak athletes that can just do that. It's crazy to see. It is crazy to see, and, and it's crazy to see guys like you with, like, would you say, like, you're like it says five eleven on your on your I, be, on, I believe on your minor league baseball report, but we're gonna call you a sneaky six foot one. Kind of pump your tires a little bit. Yeah, no, would we're sneaky say, six one. Would you say that it's it for you? It's even more impressive as a guy that throws a hundred as at your height. Like you're just defying science. Can we say that you're defying <laughs> science? Like you're just beating science because you're kind of <laughs> short throwing gas. Hey man, you can say whatever you want to hide me up. I don't care. <laughs> um. But yeah, I mean that was one of the things. Are that, you an uh, H guy? Huh? Are you an HTMH guy? Like, like uh, would you classify uh, yourself like, as an HTMH? Uh, okay. no, probably not. I mean, I support one of my boys' brands, uh, Cole Freeman, from uh, LSU. The heart has no limit. So I just rep that. But no, nah, I don't know if I support the heart, whatever, whatever yeah. it is. No. I, I don't whatever, whatever. It's what you I'm a Ryan Jensen guy. I'm not a Stroman guy. We'll just put that on the record. That I'm a hey, Ryan, Jensen. That, Ryan Jensen. Man. The, Ryan Jensen's the only guy under six foot that I'll, I'll support in the majors, unless there's someone else that comes up. 
But you're a snake <laughs> six foot one, though, so it's fine. That's right. That's right. Was that brought up a lot in your draft process? Because I feel like that'd be a little bit annoying. It's like, dude, like you throw gas, but he's like under six foot. Like, was that brought up a lot? Uh, I mean, yeah, with some teams, but I mean, I was just like, dude, I mean, I throw pretty effortless, so it's like, I feel fine, and I hold my velo throughout the game, so I don't think it should really matter, you know? Yeah, and what what position do you think is kind of more, like, sexier to you? Like, do you, do you want to be a starting guy, or do you want to be a closer guy? Because let me just put this on the record. I just want to, I want to make a visual for you here. <laughs> It's top of the it's bought it's bought it's top of the nine in mm-hmm. Wrigley Field. The Cubs are winning five three against the Cardinals. A little uh, guy, yeah. uh, we're gonna call you a, a six foot one Ryan Jensen strolling out of the pen, two chains, Cali kid, maybe a couple tattoos in the future on the arm, and you're yeah. rolling in. You're you're rolling down to the mound, and the the whole Wrigley faithful knows this guy is gonna be coming out. Throw in gas. Turn the heaters <laughs> off in the in, in, in the park because this guy's gonna be throwing gas. What position for you is more sexier, a starter or a closer? I mean, I like starting. It's fun, you know. But yeah, closing is cool too because you just get to come out of the for one inning and just absolutely just let it eat, you know. So it's like I'm just gonna let it just drag it out all over the mound, you know, and just like I'm here. You know, dude, it's like when you're a closing pitcher, it's just I feel like you are like the alpha in, in the change room. You know what I mean? <laughs> like when you're yeah. the closing pitcher, like guys are looking at you like we better not get on this guy's bad side, because if he <laughs> if we get on this bad side and he comes in on the in the ninth and our starts, he's going to screw me over here. Like, we gotta keep on this side. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Am I wrong on that? When you're a closing pitcher, you're an alpha. You're the, you're, you're the guy. I don't know. I mean, yeah, you're for sure one of the main guys because, you know, you got the five stars. I feel like those are those are up there. You know, those are the top dogs. And then for sure, I think the closers up there with them, pretty important to close out the game, you know, get their dub or else they're going to hate you. And what would be what would be your walkout song as a closer? Like the one that gets like the like a little wild thing gets the get the gets the ladies in the crowd going, the fans going, just everyone's pumped up to see you. What would it be for you? I don't know, dude. I'd probably go with like rap or some. Just get get the crowd going, you know. Exactly. I I feel like the song, and this is kind of overplayed. It might even be, maybe like someone else's, but I think "Yo's Might" by Travis Scott featuring Gunna. You come out of the you. I don't know if you know that song, but you yeah. come, you come that out. That song of, would be dope. That would be dope. Or "Hot" by Gunna. I I feel uh, like yeah, any, that's one of my favorite songs. That's a that would be a sick walk up. It would be electric. Like like I said, I want to make baseball fun again. I want walk-ups like Jose That's Bautista. That's what I'm saying, dude. I'm Jose trying to get the crowd going. It, it, dude, exactly. And when Jose Bautista was on the Blue Jays, dude, his walk-up song was uh, Champion. Or what was that song by Drake where it's like, da, 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 da. Trophies, trophies. Tro- trophies, his, yeah. His, his walk-up song was Trophies, and mm-hmm. the whole Rogers Center would just go bananas when this That's guy walked up to the plate. And Josh That's Donaldson... Sick. Josh Donaldson was like in the air tonight. You know that song by uh, I don't know who sings it. I like it. Yeah, yeah. It, it was the drums. It was like bun up, bun up, bun up, bun up, dude. Yeah. When he would come up, man, I would first of all be just blackout drunk in the five hundred level, <laughs> and I would just be like, "Let's go, dude! Let's like, that, go!" That's what gets the people going, man. And I feel it like really does. Having those boring walkout songs, like "Give Me a Break," like we need to make we need to make the walkout song something serious. Yeah, I know. I try to. I'm trying to get the crowd going. You know, I'm here for the crowd. 
have you played in a couple like what's the biggest crowd that you've played in front of because at fresno you guys played in regionals all that kind of stuff so you must have played in a, a pretty good amount of crowds what's the biggest crowd you've pitched in front of probably the uh you when we played ucsb in the regional that was oh. probably the biggest crowd it was probably like it was probably insane did you carve that did you carve that appearance yeah, I had a perfect game going in the sixth. I love how casually you said that. It's like, yeah, dude, I just had a perfect game going <laughs> in the sixth. Like, whatever. Just yeah. a perfect game going in the sixth. Was that like, do you feel like you're the kind of guy that when there's more fans in the stands, like you kind of just turn it up a little notch? Like, it's just you got that little gene in you? Yeah, I just like, I just like entertaining, you know, because I think at the end of the day, we're entertainers. Exactly, dude. And how, and we talked about like pimping stuff on the mound or just like a little bit of cockiness in the mound. Has a guy ever bat flipped on you, like just straight up disrespectful bat flip, Jose Bautista style on you? <laughs> no, not yet. But I mean, I, I mean, I don't really. That stuff doesn't really bother me. I mean, yeah, it's gonna piss me off a little bit, but it's part of the game. I don't get why like people are pegging guys over. Like if I strike you out to end the uh, to end a big inning or something with runners on, I'm gonna let you know. I just end. Just ended the uh, rhythm for your team, you know. Dude, exactly, and the, the, exactly, and the the thing about pimping home runs is it like it creates kind of clickbait for Major League Baseball, and then yeah. also it creates like a narrative. So like, let's say someone bat flips on you, and then three innings later he has bases loaded, and when it matters, and he's up to bat, and you K him, and you just give him the death stare from hell. That's entertaining. Like that's, that's entertaining. Shit. Yeah, and then beating that the guy's just... loser stuff. Like it just you yeah, the guy you're a loser, dude. It's like petty, you know, like, dude, come on. Don't be like that. It, it is petty. It is petty. Like, I said this, like, because we had Dietrich on, not a big deal also. Mm-hmm. But, and, and, I, and I, he was, and he was talking about the whole fight and stuff like that. And the Chris Archer scenario of him hit, of Chris Archer hitting him, that pretty much kind of gives up your ground on him. Like, it'd be cooler yeah. to throw it. So he just hits a bomb off you and your first reaction is to hit a guy. Why not your first reaction being like, strike him out? Like, striking him out is like saying, screw you to him, right? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't know. I feel like you'd want to defeat him instead of getting his on base percentage up, you know? <laughs> exactly. And the thing, and, and if you hit a guy, throwing a hundred first of all you might be arrested for assault you might murder someone <laughs> with a hundred in the back like dude, you might kill someone dude i hit some kid this past year in a uh short season a he squared around a bunt and like i when people square around a bunt i'm like dude it's a bad idea my two seems running <laughs> in on you especially if you're right i'm like dude don't do that like come on and he took uh squared around a bunt freaking two seams started uh, middle in and then just ran and hit him straight in the chest and he was down for like 10 <laughs> dude i feel like they'd have to send you a medical bill after that like jensen you're paying for this shit because this guy <laughs> almost died this guy needed, <laughs> yeah. the, this guy needed the, whatever the things are called oh uh, the uh the defibrillators yeah the defibrillators you they had to defibrillate yeah. this guy in the batter's box after you hit him because that honestly <laughs> that would be funny but kind of screwed up if that yeah. actually happened That'd be screwed yeah. up if you hit a guy that out. And, yeah, and honestly, if I saw that happen, I'm like, dude, coach, pull me from the game, please. I don't, I don't know if I can pitch after this. Dude, it, it, literally, you're, I mean, you hit the nail right in that. I, I'd say pull me, and i got to get the hell out of this ballpark because I'm going to be a wanted man in the minor yeah, leagues Yeah, I almost right killed a guy. Yeah. Rick killed the guy, but yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. The, <laughs> the, the thing that's kind of cool about you is, like, last year you kind of just get, got thrown into the fire in the minor league, which usually happens to first-rounders. You kind of get drafted, and your mm-hmm. college season's done. You get thrown into the fire. So what was what was the difference for you, like, 
in pitching wise, like what what was the biggest adjustment you had to make going from college hitters to minor league hitters? Uh, I think it's just you know when you are in college, you have like the seven, eight, nine guys that aren't the best hitters, so you can kind of throw them more fastballs and stuff, and you don't have to pitch around them or whatever. But when you get to like pro ball, I think more guys have routines at the or um, what do you call it uh, approaches at the plate, better approaches. And that the whole lineup can hit the ball. So you just are always competing up and down the lineup. I think that's the only difference. And they, the hitters know what pitch they want to hit, too. True. And like I did, I, I didn't know what pitch to hit. I actually didn't have a clue at all. And, and, and we talked about the minor league and stuff like that. And when you're a first rounder, do you kind of feel like the crowds kind of get a little bit bigger when you're on the bump? Just to kind of see the hype and all that kind of stuff? Uh, I mean, we had a pretty good crowd at Oregon all the time because we played at uh, University of Oregon was our home field, and they it was always sold out, so it was pretty sick, no matter who was pitching. But I mean, maybe I mean you get the guys that want like your autograph and stuff that already have your cards and like pictures of you from when I was at Fresno State, and I'm like, how did you get this? Uh, you know, <laughs> how did you get this picture? It's so weird, and like the thing that's weird is is like being friends of the guys that are doing autographs like when i went to see bright like bryson last year in williamsport mm-hmm. he was signing autographs and there's people pulling like baby pictures of this guy like sign this and i'm like looking at this guy i'm like dude how the hell did you get a baby picture of this yeah. guy to sign like it's just the weirdest shit ever man like some of the requests are just insane so what's a couple of weird requests that you've had to autograph like just weird pictures or random stuff like that uh, I mean, I haven't had any really weird pictures. There's been just, like some pictures of me from Fresno State that I've never seen before. I'm just like, where'd you get this from? You know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then I, I get like fa- I get fan mail. It's like letters and stuff, you know. From like some of them are like kind of creepy, but it's not too bad. Hey Ryan, can you sen- can you sign a jock strap and send it back? <laughs> yeah, like, like, yeah. It's insane that people find your like home address. To, like, yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. Shit. I'm like, dude, how do you how do you find this? Like, what kind of research are you putting in? It doesn't in? make any sense. And like I said, because we're a pro Ryan Jensen podcast, I just wanted to put on the record that a guy by the name of Patrick Mooney, who wrote a Baseball America article about you, said mm-hmm. the Cubs take a chance on Ryan Jensen. He that Ryan Mooney, you are banned from this podcast for such an idiotic title. Let's what go. a stupid title. Awful it, it title. Said Cubs took Cubs got a steal with Ryan Jensen, 27th overall. Also, the title should have been Patrick Mooney. So just know, yeah, Patrick Mooney, you're dead to me. I you know what the problem is? Yeah, you know what the problem is with those Baseball America guys is that they they only look at the SEC schools, all the big-time schools. No one ever looks at the at the small schools. Like when the Keith Law had me at number 35 prospect, and he works for ESPN. Like. <laughs> yeah. He works for ESPN, not Baseball America. ESPN. It's just so crazy, the bias. Like, Baseball America, I believe, if I read this right, had you at, like, 105. Dude, <laughs> you I, go they 27 so overall. Yeah, yeah, they were – because uh, when I got drafted, uh, I don't even know the guys are that are on freaking MLB Network. The that ones that were on the drafting, the analysts and stuff, the, the dude on the end, the white guy, was like, I don't even know who this guy is. I was like, all right, whatever. Yeah. It doesn't matter. He's also banned from this podcast. I'm just banning yeah. guys. Like I'm just throwing out fines. Like I'm a college campus. Uh, out of, out of, <laughs> uh, there's a there's a party going on in the dorms. I'm just throwing out fines. Uh, like, I'm right. just banning people. I'm just banning people from the podcast. So Patrick Mooney <laughs> is one of them. 109th in baseball, man. Dude, imagine like handing this report into your boss. Like, 
Ryan Jensen's supposed to go 109th. The guy goes 27th overall, and people are looking at your mock draft like you're the biggest idiot of all time. Like you're just a <laughs> clown. Yeah, because when I was talking to all the teams and advisors, were like, yeah, this is where we see you at. I was like, all right. <laughs> Like, obviously, these guys have no idea what they're talking about. Exactly, man. And we know we're talking on this podcast. And like I said, your number, your number eight prospect in the system. And you, like, you, I mean, you kind of, you didn't really get a lot of innings last year either, which mm-hmm. is that you're that high on the prospect list. So I wanted to ask you, this is the last question for wrapping this up. This was electric, by the way. I just want to put this on the record. Mm-hmm. This was an electric interview. Just We're just like two guys that just get, we're out of bar right now. We're just two yeah. guys that just get along. We're just, I mean, we're just, just two above average athletes. Above average athletes just chatting it up. So this is my last question. If the baseball season does happen this year, can we guarantee can you guarantee this is a two part question. Can you mm-hmm. guarantee a one oh two on the on the gun and what's your goal for next year? We need one oh two though, by the way. Uh, <laughs> all right, I'll guarantee the one oh two. I'll get that for you. <laughs> um, but uh my goal this year is just uh have a solid era and just go out there and compete and hopefully finish in double a that was my goal if we had a full season but you know not not having a full season i don't know how it's gonna happen not giving me a lot of time but uh that was my goal this year and then just to uh go out there and have like a, a three to one k to uh walk ratio and just have just solid numbers you know i don't want to go out there and be like oh i have to have a sub sub two era and just go out there and have a cy young year you know yeah. I'm not going to win a freaking Cy Young in the minor leagues. Exactly, man. If you have realistic goals, I feel like it's easier to be, like, attainable and all that kind of stuff. And and the 3-to-1 K-to-walk ratio is definitely easy attainable, especially when you're throwing 100. So, I mean... Mm -hmm. I mean, there you have it, folks. Like I said, I stated a couple minutes ago, electric interview with an electric guy. I'm fired up to see what this guy's future is. I'm fired up to have him on the podcast again when he's big time or even when he's in double A when that goal happens and to see 102 on the gun. It is Chicago Cubs first round draft pick, eighth overall prospect, Mountain West pitcher of the year, whatever, first team all conference, whatever. Cali kid, my boy, my friend, my dear friend, maybe at my wedding one day. He's going to be at my oh, wedding. Yeah, my I'm boy, there. my boy, Ryan Jensen, man. I appreciate you doing this, man. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. I had fun. Thank you for listening to Officially Unofficial. Make sure you guys subscribe and leave a review on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Pod and on Instagram at Officially Unofficial Pod. Thank you.